Welcome, friends, to another bite-sized lesson, where today we explore the power of owning your story and embracing every part of yourself. I'm your host, Mitzi Campbell, and I'm excited to take you into a topic that's essential for personal growth and self-acceptance, the importance of owning your story, eliminating shame and blame, and why erasing the past means erasing a part of yourself. Let's start by understanding what it means to own your story. Your story isn't just a sequence of events. It's the fabric of your identity, woven from experiences, emotions, and lessons that you've learned. It's uniquely yours, and it shapes who you are today. Owning your story means acknowledging and accepting it without letting shame or blame define you. Jack Canfield, in his book, The Success Principles, talks about the top core principles of success being take 100% responsibility for your life. Some things happen in life, especially in childhood, that are outside of your control, but they are still yours and they're yours to own. All of your experiences belong to you, even the shitty ones. And that is for a reason because those are the particular experiences that the universe bestowed upon you in order to teach you what you need to know in this lifetime. Everything you go through literally makes you into who you are, and the worst experiences are often our greatest teachers. I remember my conversation with Kathy Kehoe early on in season one, And she talked about being grateful for having stage four lung cancer. She went through a lot of trauma in her early life, and she continues to experience difficulty, but she feels blessed by it in some way. And I know that might seem unfathomable to those of you who can't relate to her journey, but she has spent her life with a gift to connect to others at a level that most of us can't even comprehend. And that's because of the deep empathy and compassion that cancer and her other traumatic experiences have given to her. Many times there are other things that happen to us that are out of our control, things beyond disease or tragedy. I'm talking about betrayal or abuse. And when these things are present in our lives, we can easily see ourselves as victims and move through our entire life in that mentality. But the victim mentality does not serve you well, and it does not allow you to be uplifted. It does not allow you to contribute meaningfully to society and be a force for good. But it's understandable that people have trouble seeing the light from the shadows. I have had two major betrayals in my life. One was romantic, and one was from someone who I considered a friend at the time. I felt like a victim for years, and I actually made myself physically sick over it. Because what a victim mindset does for you is toxic. It's like taking poison and expecting the other person to die. Because the fact is, if you are someone who has experienced abuse or betrayal in some way, it's very likely that the other person does not feel bad about it at all. It's very likely the other person will never apologize. And it's very likely that the burden of forgiveness is on you, for you. Because the only way you can feel better is to accept that it happened, that you can't change it, that the other person may not feel remorse, 
Blame only serves to perpetuate the victim consciousness, and that keeps you stuck. So do whatever you can to transmute blame into a lesson. Allow the lesson to help you transform a hurtful experience to something you can be grateful for, because in the long run, it has helped you to grow in a way that a lesser experience could not do. But what if you are the betrayer? What if you have done something that you wish you had not done? I've spoken to many guests on this podcast who have been in this position. They all went through a period of having to work through some degree of shame. It's very common. Shame and blame often act as heavy anchors, weighing us down and preventing us from embracing our authentic selves. Shame tells us that certain parts of our story are unworthy or unacceptable, while blame shifts responsibility away from ourselves. But here's the thing. Owning your story means accepting it all, the highs and the lows, the victories and the mistakes. Just as you should not be ashamed of a part of your body, you should not be ashamed of a part of your story. Because mistakes are really just opportunities for growth. And because your story is a part of you. And when you love yourself, that means you have to love all of yourself. Even the parts that you fear are unlovable. Because you are not unlovable. You are only human. This week on the show, Kate talked about her divorce. She discussed in the last episode how difficult that time of her life was and how painful it was to make the decision to end her marriage. But she says something that I think a lot of us can relate to, particularly people who are divorced. Even though there wasn't any glaring big problem like abuse in her marriage, it was a situation where she could not live in the marriage as herself. She could not be herself and that she grew and evolved as a person. And as this happened, that she knew that her relationship was no longer aligned with the evolved version of her, with who she was and with who she wanted to be. And when this happens in a marriage, it creates a disconnect and you have to make a decision about what kind of a relationship you want to model if there are children, and whether or not you can live in a place that you don't feel you belong. Because when this is going on, there's a lot of friction in the household. And we all know how this feels when you are no longer aligned in a relationship, whether it is a friendship, a romantic partnership, or even a doctor-patient relationship or hairstylist relationship. You just know when it's time for the relationship to end. It's like a cycle has come to a close. I was very taken with her story because this is exactly what happened to me. I got to a point in my marriage where I was growing in a different direction. But for me, it was more about what happened to my personal development after the death of my mother. And I've talked about this a little bit before, but when my mother died, I lost the person who loved me more than I loved myself. And I didn't realize how little self-love I actually had until I lost her. I actually didn't know any of this was going on within me while it was happening. It wasn't until years later that I went through it and processed that whole time of my life. 
But when it was going on, I found myself in a situation where I was the only one giving all the love to everyone. At least I felt that way. I had three little children under five years old, and they loved me, of course, but I was the only one doing everything. I was always giving, giving, taking care of everyone, making all the plans, taking care of the household, arranging everything all the time, just me. And I was depleted. It was all day and all night just being the mother. I loved being the mother, but I was also the psychologist, the teacher, the housekeeper, the coach, the chauffeur. And never having a chance to just be me or even to know who that was anymore. And although my husband at the time worked very hard, he wasn't home a lot. And when he was home, all he wanted to do was nothing. And I felt very, very unloved. And it was a time of my life where I needed to figure myself out. I had not even grieved for my mother. I did not even cry, even at her funeral. I had to take care of things. I had to be stoic. I had to keep things going. And it wasn't until years later that I learned to cry over her. And I still do. I own that part of my story. Is there a piece of me that wishes I could have worked through things in my marriage at the time and maybe gotten some help in a different way so that I could be bragging now about being married for 35 years at this point? Of course there is. I wish it could have been different, but it wasn't. I didn't know what to do. I didn't even know what was wrong. I was where I was. And he was where he was with his own serious issues. And we were not in the same place. And we were not in the same place for a long time, even before we pulled the trigger and decided that divorce was the right solution for us. It wasn't sudden. And now that I'm older and I see some of the difficulties that my children have because their parents are divorced and some of the problems that are present, which are fairly minor compared to a lot of other situations, But there are still things there. It takes a toll. I see a big difference in my lifestyle and my ex-husband's lifestyle. And this weighs on me. And I feel shame about what we put the children through. I don't blame myself. I don't blame him. Because both of us could have done things differently. But we didn't. And there are things that in life you can't change. There are things that you need to stop beating yourself up over. My ex-husband will always be a part of my soul family. He was meant to be the father of my three beautiful children. And maybe that was our purpose in coming together. I'm beyond grateful for that. And once we had fulfilled that mission of creating those three wonderful beings, then we had to diverge. We had different lives to lead, different paths to follow, and we had different ways of serving the world moving forward. And there are moments when that shame and blame do kind of rear their heads for me. And I know that this happens for you too. So how do we eliminate shame and blame? It starts with self-compassion. Instead of judging ourselves harshly for our past actions or circumstances, We can choose self-compassion. I want you to hear that loud and clear. We can choose. 
Recognizing that we humans are all flawed and that imperfections are a part of the human experience can liberate us from the chains of shame and blame. And when you hear other people tell their stories, this is a major tool for self-liberation. Now let me address the idea of wishing to erase the past. It's natural to want to erase painful or embarrassing moments, but here's the truth. Every part of your past contributes to who you are today. Erasing the past means erasing the lessons learned, the resilience gained, and the growth experienced. It's like trying to tear out chapters of a book. It alters the story. If you don't like the way your body looks, for example, you don't chop off a piece of it. You work to change it. You take the steps. You make choices that show up as change in parts of your body where you wish to see transformation. You take action. And that's what you can do in your life. Instead of wishing to erase the past, we can focus on rewriting our narrative. We have the power to reinterpret our experiences, finding strength and wisdom in the struggles. Your past doesn't define you, but it does shape you. Embracing it empowers you to craft a future aligned with your values and aspirations moving forward. In the Blessings Book Club, we are reading the book Mindset by Carol Dweck. Dr. Dweck talks about how a growth mindset propels you toward your potential, a thing which is constantly expanding. Owning your story is a form of growth mindset. It allows you to expand, not to stay stuck in an outdated or fixed narrative. Remember, owning your story doesn't mean dwelling on the past or glorifying it. It means acknowledging it, learning from it and using it as a springboard for personal growth. It's about reclaiming your narrative and finding empowerment in your truth. As we wrap up today's episode, I encourage you to reflect on your own story. Embrace every part of it, the triumphs, the setbacks, the joys, and the sorrows. Practice self-compassion, release shame and blame, and know that your story as unique and intricate as it is, is an integral part of who you are. And don't just do this in your mind. Do it in a journal. Write it out. If there is something that this episode calls to mind, that is no accident. That is something for you to work through. And writing about it is a great way to literally rewrite your story, to reinterpret and to change the emotions associated with your situation from something difficult to something beneficial, good feelings. You have the choice to do this. You have the power. Believe that. Thank you for joining me on the Blessings Podcast for this bite-sized blessing. Until next time, own your story, embrace yourself fully, and keep on growing.